The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's a special edition of the PFTPM podcast from the barn on a Friday afternoon. He's coming to you from somewhere in Texas. He is the Chief Operating Officer, Executive Vice President, and Director of Player Personnel for the Dallas Cowboys, Stephen Jones. Stephen, welcome back. How are you, pal? Hey, Mike. It's great being on. I'm sitting right here in Highland Park in my house. And uh, as I was telling you earlier, we're kind of embracing uh, these virtual meetings, interviews, et cetera, and uh, fired up about our football team. We had a rookie orientation this morning and uh, moving forward. I got to know, how was it decided who got to be on the boat during the draft? Because I don't think I saw you on the boat. Well, I think uh, at the end of the day, Jerry was on the boat and my sister was having a vacation, a spring break with her boys when it hit, uh, when shelter in place started. So she stayed right there. And because my kids are pretty active and uh, I've been around them a lot, uh, I think we decided it probably wasn't in my mother and Jerry's best interest for for me to enter their safe haven. So um, the big talk in the NFL right now, Stephen, is the schedule came out yesterday. Everybody's reacting to it. When do you see the schedule of the Cowboys games for the first time? Do you see it when the rest of us do, or do you get it ahead of time? We get it about 24 hours ahead of time. And uh, we were able to uh, get that schedule and uh, look through it and dissect it and uh, obviously look at – all the different matchups that we have. And, you know, Jerry had it, Mike had it, but obviously in the best interest of the NFL and our fans that we, you know, break the news to uh, our fans and the media, uh, you know, on a coordinated basis. And I think the clubs were able to break it at 7.30. And, of course, we had our our show at 8. So uh, everything went off great. Did you just have your schedule or did you get the whole thing 24 hours in advance? No, we just have our own schedule. Do you ever see drafts of it? There's been talk in the past that sometimes there are versions of it that get circulated and there's input from teams. Does that ever happen? We don't ever get to see the drafts. I do understand that there's a lot of different versions and a lot of different moving parts to it, and they have to coordinate with, you know, some teams on uh, conflicts with stadiums and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, overall, uh, you know, Howard Katz and, uh, Michael North just doing an amazing job of doing something that is very daunting in, in, in terms of the schedule. And it obviously has, you know, a, a lot of things that they try to avoid and uh, things that they're trying to do to make our network uh, partners happy. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I don't see how they do it, but they pull it off. And, you know, you're never going to make everybody happy. It is what it is. Uh, but at the end of the day, all 32 players have the same, uh, all 32 teams have the same salary cap. And, have done well, and they all have great coaching staffs, great scouting staff. So uh, you never know who are going to be the great teams you're in and you're out. And, you know, fans will go straight to one thing when they first get a look at their favorite team schedule. What do you look for first when you get the Cowboys schedule? I think the biggest thing I look for is uh, just are we on the road more than, you know, two times. That's always tough if you got to go on a three-game road trip. Uh, kind of what, what's before your Thursday games, what's after your Thursday games. 
uh, what's before your bye week, what's after your bye week. And then, of course, you look at your national games, uh, your night games. Uh, you know, are those on the road? Are they at home? Uh, you know, those are some of the things. And then, uh, you know, obviously you look at your division. Uh, that's huge in terms of when you play them, what time of year, uh, those type of things. So that's just a quick rundown of some of the things uh, that I like to look at uh, when I grab the schedule. You've got Washington coming to town for Thanksgiving this year, Stephen. Do you prefer having a division rival for that game or do you like getting somebody from out of the division or maybe even out of the conference? We prefer a division game. I think it's great for our fans. Obviously, they love the rivalries with the Redskins, the Eagles, the Giants. And uh, I think to do it on Thanksgiving special. Uh, you know, a lot of fans don't get to come to the game. Uh, they have to watch it uh, from their TV. And uh, so it's a great Thanksgiving tradition. Uh, Cowboy fans gathering around the TV to watch the games. And, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, I think our rivalry games are our biggest games, and that's our division game. So, you know, to be able to play those on Thanksgiving, I think, are – our fans really enjoy, and I actually think our, our divisional uh, fans enjoy watching their team play on Thanksgiving. Earlier this morning on PFT Live on NBCSN, we were talking about the Patriots and how they are entering this new era in their existence. Tom Brady is gone. Will they continue to be a major national draw, a team that generates huge ratings, a team that generates huge interest? And it got us to talking about the Cowboys because this is a franchise that – and you know as well as I do, there hasn't been a Super Bowl appearance since 1995, early 96. But yet the Cowboys continue to be up and down and high and low and whatever the team does on the field, the Cowboys are the number one draw. The Cowboys are the team that every network wants in prime time. The Cowboys are the team that generates the highest ratings whenever they're in a standalone game. Why do you think that is? How has that managed to still be the case after 25 years without a Super Bowl appearance? Well, uh, you know, my hat's off to, the, you know, the original owners, uh, the Murkisons, uh, the Brights. Uh, my hat's off to Tex Schramm and Tom Landry. My hat's off to Roger Staubach and Bob Lilly. You know, I just think they did such a great job early on with those long extended periods of playoff appearances, Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl appearances. Uh, obviously, great personalities, Captain America you know, who went to the Naval Academy, Roger Staubach, I think his bus is still the most visited uh, bust in the NFL Hall of Fame and in terms of, uh, where, you know, what people have interest in. So, you know, certainly they set the foundation. And uh, then, of course, you know, uh, my father, Jerry, is nothing short of Barnum and Bailey in terms of, uh, uh, you know, not wanting to drop the ball and leave the team in a better place. And uh, he certainly, uh, you know, has uh, really led our organization in terms of, uh, you know, really uh, not wanting – uh, to drop the ball there. And, uh, you know, whether it's uh, the coaches, whether it's the coaching staffs, whether it's the players, uh, you know, hiring a Deion Sanders, uh, uh, bringing him in uh, to play for the Cowboys. I, I just think, uh, you know, I think we do make it interesting. Now, at the same time, I will say this, it is the number one priority. I'm not so sure he wouldn't trade his Hall of Fame bust uh, to win a Super Bowl right now. We were so fortunate when we got in the league to win – uh, three Super Bowls in five years. And then, uh, of course, as you mentioned, we've been on a terrible drought. And, uh, you know, in spite of the fact that we fire at them year in and year out, we do think we've put some really good football teams together. And, you know, no one thinks more Jason Garrett than we do, but uh, really felt like that's why it was a perfect time to make a change with Mike McCarthy being out there. Uh, his record speaks for itself. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to uh, three other divisional championship games to get to a Super Bowl. He's a winner. I think he could be a huge difference in a 
a difference maker for us this year, especially with this young uh, football team that we have led by Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, I think we're going to have a really uh, interesting offense. And, of course, Mike's got a great offensive mind to go with Kellen Moore. Uh, you know, we've just got a good young football team and followed it up with, with what we believe is a solid draft. We won't know for three or four years how good those players really are, but uh, uh, we just feel like we've got the opportunity to change uh, change that narrative now. And uh, obviously our goal year in and year out is to get to a Super Bowl and, and win one, and uh, certainly that hasn't changed. And I can tell you it's uh, Jerry Jones' number one priority. One thing that the organization I think has received more and more in recent years is praise for finding extremely talented players and putting together a very talented team. And look, the team was, wasn't always as talented as it has been the past several years. What do you attribute that to? It's almost like you guys have cracked the code. You've figured out how to go about building a team, you know, build from the inside out, all those draft picks on offensive linemen. Why, why do you think in recent years there's been this sense that you guys have done a pretty damn good job of, of finding highly talented players primarily in the draft? Well, you know, uh, at the end of the day, experience is huge. And uh, we've been lucky enough to be in draft rooms with Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, Bill Parcells, uh, Jason Garrett, now Mike McCarthy. And you learn a lot along the way. Uh, you learn a lot with different personnel people. And, you know, one of the things that we figured on in free agency uh, especially as it came in right as we were ending our, our Super Bowl run, is it's very difficult to win uh, building a team through free agency. It's just a, a hard way to do it. And, and we figured out, uh, you know, over the last 10 years that we need to draft well and, and grow and have our players be homegrown. And the majority of our roster is homegrown. We pay our own players. Uh, very rarely do you see us, uh, you know, signing a player in free agency to a, to a huge contract a la Deion Sanders. Uh, that type of situation. So uh, we feel really good. We, we feel like we've really gotten better each year uh, in terms of uh, how we put up our board. I think Will McClay's been outstanding, uh, his leadership in the draft room. I think he figured out and we figured out together, uh, Jerry, myself, and Will, that you need to coordinate and have good chemistry with your coaching staff when you're picking players. So he does a great job of really having them uh, be involved in the draft, feel like they're picking the players too. It resonates. The players we pick resonate with them. They want to play them. And, uh, you know, that's a huge reason, I think, uh, that we've been able to build good football teams. And certainly when you put together, hopefully, a draft like we think we've put together, you know, that eases the burden uh, in free agency and you're able to keep your homegrown products and, uh, and, and keep your players. But, uh, you know, most it's no secret, I think most general managers would tell you at the end of the day, uh, your lifeblood, your draft, uh, you got to do it well. And we've been fortunate, I think, uh, to do it pretty well the last 10 years. Well, and you were fortunate this year. C.D. Lamb, the Oklahoma receiver, slipped past 16. How surprised were you to see him still there when it was time for you to make your first pick? Well, so surprised that we did. No telling how many mock drafts. We also do our own strategy sessions where we throw up two players, three players, four players. And he was never in that mix when we were having those conversations. <laughs> because we really felt like he's the best receiver on our board. He had tied for the fourth highest uh, rated grade on our board. He was the sixth player on our board. We, you know, we just really felt like we'd ne he'd never get out of the top 10. And when he got there, obviously, our needs were corner and uh, pass rusher. Chasan was sitting there. He was a very interesting uh, player for us. But CD was just, uh, he had too big a grade and too good a player not to take. We'd lost Randall Cobb. We had two really proven receivers on the roster. We needed, knew we needed to address it. It was deep receiver 
group was deep in this draft. We thought we might could wait to the second, third round, uh, you know, to address it. We were wanting to get a receiver at some point, but he was just too good to pass up right there and felt like, uh, you know, with our situation, he was the, the right fit and certainly uh, should only help Dak as uh, he continues uh, to build on his great career. Yeah, you knew you were getting gold when C.D. Lamb slid to you this year. It was four years ago when you got Dak Prescott later in the draft, and nobody really knew what you got at the time. I have a feeling you didn't know what you were getting at the time, but we all now know what Dak, Pres Dak Prescott has become. But that franchise We would have picked him a lot earlier had we knew what we Well, that's getting. right. Somebody else would have gotten him before you got a crack at him. You'd have to trade up into the top five, I think. But, but Stephen, as it relates to his contract, and I, I remember you went through this with Des Bryant. July 15 is that ultimate drop-dead deadline for a multi-year deal. It's a deadline-driven business. Is it safe to say that that really is the timetable we all need to be watching mid-July? It gets done or it doesn't. Uh, when that when that clock strikes 12 or 4 p.m. Eastern or whatever the case may be for closing the window on a long-term deal for Dak? I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, I know everybody's out there, you know, uh, how have you not paid Dak? Uh, you know, at the same time, uh, Dak has to – we've tried to pay him, and he has to accept what we want to pay him. But uh, the deal's got to be right for Dak. It's got to be right for us. As you know, Mike, uh, the salary cap makes this a zero-sum game for owners. This is not something where – uh, Jerry and myself are trying to save money uh, so the Cowboys can make more money for the Jones family. We're, we're just trying to do our very best working with Mike, working with Will McClay uh, to really uh, divide up the pie in the best way possible to win a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of analytics out there that show if your quarterback takes up too big a percentage of your, of your salary cap that, uh, you know, it, it decreases your chances to win. So we're just trying to figure out the right fit uh, no one wants to sign Dak to a longer-term deal uh, more than Jerry and myself. We're on the record time and time again on what we think of him as a leader. Uh, he has the it factor. He's a fierce competitor. Uh, he wants to win as well, and uh, it's just got to be right for him and right for us. We'll continue to work uh, to a conclusion on that. And Stephen, one of the big factors here is that franchise tag, the exclusive version of the franchise tender, $31.4 million. It sets up to $37.68 million in 2021 by rule with a 20% raise. How big of an impediment does that option become, that ability for him to do what Kirk Cousins did in Washington and just say, I don't want a long-term deal. I'll take 31 for this year. I'll take 37-plus next year. And I just won't sign a long-term contract. Do you think that's become a factor in this? Yeah, we're not focused on uh, – we're only focused on getting a long-term deal on DAC. We're not focused on next year or the year after that. We'll have the resources. He's uh, We all know quarterback's the most important uh, position on this team. We won't ever be in a position where we, uh, you know, where we can't uh, tender uh, a franchise offer. But our strict focus is on signing DAC to a long-term deal. If you don't get a deal done by July 15 – how concerned are you that he's going to exercise his prerogative to just not show up for anything until right before the start of the regular season? Then you'll have to have training camp and preseason, I assume, with Andy Dalton. Like I said, I'm, I want to speak to – only thing I can speak to right now, I can't speak to that. Only thing I can speak to is that we're trying to sign him to a long-term deal. Uh, he knows uh, he's a competitor. Uh, he loves this football team. And uh, he knows that we're trying to put a great football team together and we're going to focus on getting him signed. Um, a couple of league-wide questions before I let you go, and I appreciate your time here today, Friday. Rich McKay, the chair of the competition committee aboard that you're a member of, 
has said that there definitely won't be replay review of pass interference this year. Do we know or do we have an idea of what will take its place? Will there be anything to prevent another Rams-Saints-NFC championship game outcome, or will it just be rely on the referee and the rest of the officiating crew to get it right when there is or isn't pass interference? There's options that we're going to be reviewing. I don't think because of, uh, you know, this unprecedented uh, situation where we're not able to meet and spend the time the competition usually does on all the unintended consequences that come with solutions. Uh, we really enabled a lot of things uh, this year uh, because what we don't want to do is make a decision that does have unintended consequences that aren't in the best interest of the game. We know we got a great game. Let's don't do anything uh, you know, that hadn't been well thought out. So there's certainly some solutions that I think uh, moving forward can make our game better. Uh, we'll focus on those. We'll uh, hopefully get to a situation sooner than later where we can continue business as usual in the future. Uh, where we can really vet these and uh, vet all the unintended consequences that may come with these solutions. Uh, but uh, I'm certainly on board that we needed to move away from what we did last year. And, uh, you know, these officials do a great job. They're not going to be perfect. This game's fast moving. And, uh, uh, but overall, they do a great job. We need to support them. And, uh, you know, hopefully we uh, won't have that type of, of situation again, but we will uh, look at solutions moving forward. Ultimately, with replay review of pass interference, was it an issue of implementation, struggles with getting it right, or was it just a concept that, in your view, was never going to work because there's way too much subjectivity within the confines of what is and isn't interference? I think it's the latter. It's just the subjectivity that comes with what is, what isn't pass interference, and being consistent with it. And uh, I, I think that's the hard part is, is the consistency that every coach wants, uh, that our owners want, uh, that our fans want. Everybody wants consistency. And, you know, these, are, uh, these guys are great athletes. There's a lot of hand fighting on every play. Uh, I think our fans like to see our players play. They don't want to see a lot of flags. And uh, I, I just think it was very difficult on judgment calls to, to really get down and have that, uh, have that be a part of replay. You've got Alden Smith and Randy Gregory under contract. They're currently awaiting potential reinstatement. Have you heard anything? When do you expect to hear anything? We haven't heard anything. I do know they've, uh, you know, I think for sure Alden's been in front of the commissioner and he's waiting to hear back. And I think uh, Randy Mayer, I'm not exactly sure where that is. Sometimes we're not privy to that, but uh, we're not sure when we'll hear something. Obviously the league is uh, looking out for their best interests uh, as men off the field. And uh, certainly uh, that's what's first and, uh, first and foremost and a priority is, you know, how they're coming off the field. And if ultimately they get to a point, uh, which we think they can, that Roger feels like they can uh, uh, come back to work and play football and that's in their best interest in addition to what they need off the field, then uh, certainly we'll welcome them back and uh, go to work. When I saw that what the changes were going to be to the substance abuse policy with no suspensions for positive tests moving forward, et cetera, I, I just assumed that there would be some sort of amnesty, some sort of a reset, something that allows guys who were suspended under the prior policy to come back in. Were you surprised or disappointed at all that the CBA didn't allow for these guys to almost get a fresh start since the policy is changing so dramatically? Well, it's just now getting implemented uh, with the new CBA. So we'll see uh, as we move forward. Uh, I know Roger and uh, his staff are getting their hands around it. I know the, certainly the NLPA and D and the players certainly are, 
are uh, looking at how this is going to work. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're going to have something here that's in the best interest for the players. And uh, all the things that you're speaking of are going to be taken into an account. And as we move forward, we'll have a much better feel for uh, how this is going to work. All right, last one for you. And this is the lawyer's curse. When you say last one, there usually ends up being five more. But this is the last one. And I think I know what the answer is going to be, but I got to ask you the question. Is there any chance that the franchise tag would be rescinded from Dak Prescott between now and the start of the season? Absolutely not. Uh, Dak's our quarterback for the future. Uh, obviously, this uh, hadn't been the easiest thing. As Jerry says, as money gets bigger, deals get harder. Uh, certainly, we're talking you know, a significant amount of money here, which he so deserves. But uh, absolutely not. Dak's going to be our quarterback this year. He's our quarterback for the future. Uh, we think the world of him. He represents our franchise in a very uh, positive way in terms of uh, what we want uh, as, as a leader of our team. And uh, he's just an outstanding man. And uh, we would never rescind the franchise tag. Well, Stephen, I appreciate your time very much. I always enjoy talking to you. Congratulations on the ongoing success of the Cowboys. Congratulations on a great schedule. All the best to Jerry and the rest of the family. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Mike. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.